This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. Twenty-four hours a day at oasiscityradio.com. Tune in, iHeartRadio, and the Oasis City Radio app. This is Oasis City Radio music. Oasis City Radio. You know, it's easy to go through the motions in life. It's easy to get stuck in patterns. It's easy to allow habits and, and um, just, just the day-to-day activity to kind of overtake us in our walk in life. It's easy to let the days go by and certain patterns. Uh, we, we just kind of get lazy even in our faith. Just on March 29th, just a few days ago, Time Magazine released uh, a report of a new Gallup da- data analysis. For the first time ever, they've, only, they've been doing this da- uh, analysis for 80 years. For the first time ever, they found that just 47% of American adults say they belong to a church, a synagogue, or a mosque in 2020. It's the first time then fewer than half of the respondents reported to membership in a house of worship. Now, that's a tough statistic in America. And it's not just Christians. It's, it's other faiths as well. Less than half of Americans are attending a house of worship. Now, you can look at that statistic and say, well, you know, the bad times are here. Uh, let's get, we need to be prepared for the worst. We need to get, uh, you know, it, it's, things are going to hell in a handbasket. This whole deal is just going bad. I mean, you know, it's getting darker and darker out there. You can look at it that way and get real depressed. Or you can look at it and say, imagine the harvest if the church would just wake up. Imagine the revival that could take place with lovers of Jesus expressing his glory in the city streets. If lovers of Jesus would go forth and extend the gospel of Jesus Christ and see people like Brian having their life completely restored and he would wake up to this whole new born again experience. Jesus said the problem is not the harvest. The problem is the lack of laborers. And I want to be, I want to be woke to the gospel. I want to be woke to the fact that, that I'm a laborer in God's harvest field. And I can be used by God. I don't want to just go through life each and every day with whatever life hands me. I don't want to lead to a path of destruction by following the ways of the world. I want to wake up to the kingdom of God. And God's requiring his church to wake up. God's requiring his people. And he said it for years. All throughout the scripture, he says, Awake, O Israel, put off your slumber. And I believe that God's calling us again. In 2021, God's calling us again. God's saying, wake up. God's saying, let's move forward. God's saying, I have a mission for you. 
And today we do celebrate the resurrection. Today is Easter Sunday. Today the church worldwide is celebrating the resurrected power and the, and the, the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. No other religious leader, no other God can claim that one. It's a fact. It's historically proven. But see, we want to celebrate the resurrection, but we have to recognize that we don't get the full truth of the resurrection without recognizing what took place on Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Even Jesus himself said, That just like Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days, so will the Son of Man be. Jesus was in the belly of the earth on that Saturday. We don't know what took place in the spirit with the powers of darkness, but they thought they won. As a matter of fact, just a few days ago, we, we call April 1st April Fool's Day just so happened to be over this weekend. And I think the greatest April Fool's joke of all time was pulled on Satan when he thought he had Jesus, but then he woke up. But I want to take you to a moment to let you know how easy it is for even followers of Christ to fall asleep, to get into a pattern. And even those close to Jesus miss the intention of his heart. Would you look with me for a few moments here in Matthew chapter 26? Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go there and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be grieved and distressed. Jesus began to be grieved and distressed and distressed. And he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. Look at that line one more time. This is Jesus talking. He said that my soul is deeply grieved to the point of what? Death. Remain here and keep watch with me. He went a little beyond them And he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So you men could not keep watch with me for one hour? Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went again a second time, and he prayed, saying, My father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came, and he found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them again, and he went away and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to the disciples and he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up! Let us be going. Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. His disciples, his closest ones, fell asleep. 
I don't think they did it intentionally. As a matter of fact, his instructions were, I need you guys to be with me right now in this, in this very hour. He had just told them that he was about to be betrayed. He had just given his body and his, his, uh, uh, in the bread as his body and the wine as his blood and just talked to them about what was about to take place. And he needed them in this moment. Those closest to him that had been walking with him for three and a half years, he needed them and he led them to the garden of Gethsemane. The garden of Gethsemane, the word Gethsemane means olive press. That garden is filled with olive trees. And, it, and, and we love olive oil. It's one of the, the largest traded commodities in the earth. And it has been for since humankind existed. But you can't have olive oil without a pressing. You need an olive press. And that Gethsemane is the, it means olive press. In other words, Jesus is being pressured in this moment to the point of death. And he's praying in agony. His soul is deeply grieved. And he knows this is happening and he calls those closest to him to be with him for emotional support. His soul is grieved. His spirit, he knows what's about to take place. Emotionally, he's feeling the weight and he needs some emotional support from his closest ones and they fell asleep. And he comes in, he he wakes them up and he says, couldn't you stay awake for one hour? I asked you to watch and pray. I asked you to keep your eyes open and pray with me. Luke's gospel said that Jesus was, in in Matthew it says, he went a little ways away. In, In Luke's gospel it says, he was a stone's throw away. In other words, guys, stay here. I'm gonna go over there and be with my daddy for a minute. I need you to keep watch and pray. But I'm just a stone's throw away. In other words, a stone's throw away means that they they could probably see him still and they could hear what was going on. Did they hear Christ in his agony? Did they hear Christ when he was saying, my soul is so grieved that I'm about to die? And he comes back a second time and he found them asleep again. That means he woke them up and they went back to sleep. People think it's okay when you're woke, but let me tell you something. You can just go back to sleep. He comes a third time. Three times in the same hour, three times, and he comes back and he says, are you still sleeping? Are you still resting? You're missing the moment. Get up! Because I've got a mission, and I need you to be with me. See, Jesus just didn't go by himself. He still had them come with him because he needed the support of his brothers. But he's in agony. He recognizes he's about to go to the cross, the place of the curse. He knows the sin of the world, of not just those who are alive right then, but those who are alive in the past, the present, and the future. The sin of the whole world, of all humanity, was about to come upon him. He was going to be the curse. And he had a mission to save mankind for the forgiveness of sins and eternal living. 
They were separated from God, but he was the bridge. The cross was the bridge from, from humanity to eternity with Jesus. And in this very moment, he says to the Father, in his agony, to the point of death, and it's, it's important that we understand that that scripture is before the next one. He's grieved to the point of death, and he says to the Father, please let this cup pass from me. But not my will, yours be done. And oftentimes, I believe the church reads this thinking Jesus was asking to not go to the cross. That's never been the case. All the prophecy pointed to the cross. The prophecy pointed to the lamb that needed to be slain. And so Jesus, in the point of death, is asking God for some support, his father for support, so he doesn't die prematurely in the garden. In the garden, he's feeling death. His soul is grieved. He's about to die. He needs support from his boys, but they are sleeping. It's just me and you, Daddy. I brought my closest trusted followers, but it's just me and you, Daddy. In Luke's gospel, it says that the father heard his cry and sent an angel to touch Jesus. It says the angel touched Jesus and gave him strength. The book of Hebrews in chapter 5 said that, that Jesus cried out to his father in agony and supplication and the Lord answered him. In other words, the father heard his cry. Take this cup from me, but if not, your will be done. If you need me to die right here, okay, I'm ready, but please take it from me because I know I've got a mission. And the father heard his son's prayer, even though his closest were sleeping, and he let an angel come and touch him. And it gave him the strength to go from the garden to the cross. We have a brave savior. When those were sleeping, he still showed his bravery by pouring out his heart to the Father. Three times he was disappointed, but he said, I've got a mission. And the third time they woke up finally and they went with him. The question for today is Are you still sleeping? The question for the church at large today, if you're watching online, are you still sleeping? Are you still sleeping? The harvest is great, but are you still sleeping? The problem isn't the harvest. It's the lack of laborers. The problem is not the harvest. He told me to say it again, church, so I'm saying it again. I'm just following directions. <laughs> the problem is the laborers. So Jesus made it to the cross, and, and we know that, and we talked a lot about that on Friday night at our Good Friday service. He went through all the shame, the betrayal, his body broken, beaten, scourged, bloodshed, Beard pulled out, humiliated. He went through all of that for us. 
Because we don't know the power of the resurrection unless we can have fellowship with his suffering. And so it's important that we recognize his suffering so that we know the true power of resurrection. And we're here today to celebrate resurrection. And let's take a look at the scripture in this perspective right here. In the same gospel of Matthew, now after the Sabbath, as it began to draw uh, toward, I'm sorry, to, began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the grave. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven. He came and he rolled away the stone and he sat upon it. And his appearance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. The guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He's not here. For he has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he was lying. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. And there you will see him. Behold, I have told you. It's a great story. It's a great perspective. I find it interesting here, though, that I, and I want to celebrate the fact that it, it was the two women who first showed up, got the message of the resurrected Jesus, actually had an encounter with him along the way, followed the angel's instructions to say, hey, go tell the boys who are in the upper room, who are hiding in fear and crying and wallowing and wondering if Jesus was real and his words were true. Go tell them that he did just exactly what he said he was going to do. The church was started with a group of women who were obedient, who were awake didn't sleep and went and did exactly what the angel said but then it describes what took place before the women got there there was an earthquake the earthquake was because an angel came An angel descended on the top of the tomb. Shaboom. And the earth shook. And they, that angel rolled the stone away. There were two Roman guards, one on each side, making sure that nobody could take uh, roll away this stone that had been sealed with the Roman seal. They're there all night. Because they think somebody's about to steal the body of Jesus. So they're alert. They're awake. While the boys are sleeping in the upper room in fear. The world was awake. Making sure Jesus didn't do what he said he was going to do. So an angel comes. The earthquake comes. The angel rolls away the stone. And this is what the scripture says. He sat down on it. It said that his appearance was like lightning. He was white and, and like lightning, his clothes, his robes. I mean, this was a glorious angel. And he sits down and says, hello, boys. And the Bible says that the Roman soldiers froze like dead men. 
He's sitting down like, we told you this was going to happen. Sorry that it has to be you two, but, but I, got a, I got a job to do. I've got to roll away this stone. I got a story to tell. I've got a message to bring. And the Roman soldiers were so scared. Like dead men. See, there's no time for the church to be gravesite living right now. Like dead people. Just sleepwalking through life. Whatever will be, will be. I got to go to work today. Got to go to school today. Oh, church is Sunday. Oh, I slept in. It's already Monday. Oh, you know, I can't go. I can't go there because it's a public place. And, you know, we shouldn't be in public. But I do got to go to the mall. I got some shopping to get done. Amazon didn't have it, so I got to go to Macy's. Just walking through life. Oh, you know. People are dying and going to hell. Well, you know, they probably had a chance. They could have probably watched the Jesus story on film. I love this portion in Matthew's gospel with the angel because you you never see that angel in the Jesus movies. (laughs) You never see the, the comedy behind it when God just shows up and freaks out everybody there. And he's still doing that today because he's alive and well. He wants to come and shake up your circumstances. Jesus wants to come and shake you up. He wants to wake you up. He wants to come and shake everything in your life. He wants to send an angel. He wants an earthquake spiritually in your life. And he says, everything that's shaken will be shaken. He wants to shake off the grave clothes, shake off the stone. He wants to roll away the stone that's keeping you inside your house. There's a bunch of stones in front of people's homes. The world, Satan himself wants to quiet the church. Let him run in fear. Let him not assemble. Let him not talk. Let's muzzle their sound. But let me tell you something. The word of God is still true. And the resurrected Jesus won't have it. He won't have it. He's calling on his people. His closest ones. Go with me to the garden. Stay awake this time. Don't sleep. Keep watch with me. Because I'm on a mission. Jesus is still on a mission. And the church of Jesus Christ needs to wake up and accept their call. Accept their orders. They got marching orders. Those marching orders never get old. They never expire. No time for dead men walking. It's time to worship. It's time to lift our voices. It's time that we understand and embrace exactly what our purpose in life is. Before I close, there's a story about a man in in Acts, a young man. His name was Eutychus. Apostle Paul shows up and he's, 
he's preaching a message at a house. And there was a large crowd there. There's no electricity. The Bible describes it that, that there were a lot of candles there, a lot of lights. In other words, uh, when you went to somebody's house at dark, you had to take your own light source. How about that one? That was a good one. I need to remember that for second service. When you go someplace dark, you need to carry your own light. So, so all the people showed up with their candles, and they're listening to Paul. Now, Paul decided, for whatever reason, that people needed to hear uh, his sermon. And the Bible says that he talked on and on till midnight. Now, I'm assuming it was a great sermon. Some preachers like to go on and on. You know, we like to hear ourselves talk. But everybody was there for a reason. They were all awake and they all heard it except for one, Eutychus. He was there with good intention. He was sitting in the windowsill. It's probably nice and cool there, probably a breeze. He had his candle there. He was already prepared. But he fell asleep. And when he fell asleep, he fell stories down to his death. Hits the ground outside. Thud. Dies. Sad day. Young man. He's just a young man trying to hear, you know, a great preacher. But he fell asleep. Everybody freaks out. Paul goes all the way down the steps, walks outside. And the Bible just describes it. Paul does this. He, He hugs the boy. And he said, he's alive. Went back in the house. They got food. The boy joined them, and Paul kept on preaching. Kept on preaching until daylight. That meant Paul preached all night long till sunrise. I think you can be in a great church with great preachers and great worship. I think you can watch it online. I think you could, you could be a part of it and be so excited and still fall asleep. We all need to be elbowing one another when we see us dozing off, nodding, and saying, come on, wake up. Come on, wake up. Come on. You've, this is too important for you to miss. You can't miss this. We've got to be encouraging one another. We've got to be better disciples than they were in the garden to Jesus. Better brothers and sisters and say, come on, wake up. You can't miss this. You're starting to go to sleep in life. I'm watching you. You're starting to slip. You're starting to, you're starting to fade away. Because it's time for a holy visitation. Because Jesus is visiting his church once again. The Holy Spirit is alive and well. And he's coming. And he wants us to embrace him. Listen to this scripture. It's on the back of all of our shirts, on our wake shirts. And it says this. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead. And Christ will shine on you. Let me read that again. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead. And Christ will shine on you. Are you ready, church? for a holy visitation.